What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees, and welcome to week four of my weekly NFL football pick show for the 2022 NFL season. And holy cow, not only did we have a week that was above 500, we had a week that was above 500 across the board, which is incredibly successful in relative terms for this bizarre beginning to a season that we have had so far in 2022. So straight up against the spread and over under across the board went nine and seven with the picks. So nine and seven straight up means sitting a single game above 500 straight up just at 24, 23 and one. And against the spread, nine and seven means now only four games below 500 at 22 and 26. Over under nine and seven, 25 and 23 on the season so far. But this is what you call a building week. This is a momentum builder. We definitely look for these momentum builders early in the season. We'll take them where we can get them. And nine and seven across the board, I'm not going to sneeze at it given the way that this season has begun. Uh, platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks, relatively successful. Uh, bronze pick, silver pick, and platinum pick were all two and one uh, from last week. Gold pick was only one and two, so did struggle a little on the gold pick. Uh, bronze, two and one, leaves me with a record of five and four on the season. Uh, the Rams did beat the Cardinals. Pittsburgh failed to cover against the spread, but Atlanta and Seattle did go over. Uh, silver pick run two and one was two and one uh, moves my record to four and five on the season. Uh, Buffalo lost that game to Miami, but the Rams did cover and Baltimore and New England went over their point total. Uh, gold pick where again I was only one and two that drops my record there to three and six on the year. So the gold picks definitely struggling. We try to turn that around this week. Uh, the Chargers with that baffling blowout loss against Jacksonville. Uh, Denver did cover against the spread, but the Packers and the Bucks failed to go over their point total. And the platinum pick where I was two and one, evening my record at four, four and one on the season. Uh, the Bengals beat the Jets. Buffalo obviously failed to cover against the spread. They lost that game outright, but the Niners and the Broncos did stay under their point total. So, Across platinum, gold, silver, and bronze, what is that? That's seven and five. So that could certainly do worse. Obviously, it could have been better, but certainly could have done worse. Taking a peek now at the Bridgewater's finest uh, straight up pick 'em pool with confidence points, as always, have moved up from, uh, I think it was 20, I want to say I was 24th or something last week, now moved up to 19th in that pool out of 36, so right in that meaty part of the curve, 204 out of 408 possible confidence points, right exactly smack dab at 50% in the confidence points on the season. I did bring in 75 of 136 possible confidence points in week three, which is a clip of 55 0.1%, certainly moving in the correct direction. Shout out to our week three winner, my boy Gavin. Gavin, a longtime member of this NFL YouTube prognosticators uh, group and uh, collection of, uh, of progs. Gavin actually, I think, has one of the best, if not the best records in the entire pool, just picking the games straight up. Gavin went 10 and 6 last week. So look, double digits, never a bad week when you hit double digits. Brought in 88 of 136 contracts. 
confidence points, a clip of just under 65%. So shout out to Gavin for winning week three. Sean's picks after a one week hiatus jumps back up into the overall lead in this pool. 28, 19 and one picking the games straight up 252 out of 408 confidence points for a clip of just under 62%. So shout out to Gavin for winning week three and Sean's picks for jumping back up into the overall lead. Uh, we'll take a peek here into the chat on the live stream here. Martin, you beat me this week. I was 8-8, eight and eight, but I'm glad I took Jacksonville over the Chargers. Yeah, that was a heck of an upset call there, Martin. Well done. Uh, Paxton Daly, I dropped from 1-2 to two this week, looking to take first back this week. Oh, Pax, all right. Excellent. So, uh, that, yeah, that's really cool. I always love, I always love when I have people in the pick'em pool that are in the stream and and can ha- kind of have that back and forth. Paxton, you're having a heck of a start to the season. That's awesome. I hope you get back up to number one there. But Sean, he look, he was number one after the first week. He's number one again here in week three. So I think Sean's going to be a bit of a force to be reckoned with for most of the season. Look at us, we got six concurrent already. Right on. Folks are hopping in. I'm glad you're enjoying the streams. Maybe this is just a just a better time of day to be able to hop in and watch. So if that's the case, that's awesome. We're going to take a peek here into Fantasy Corner. And Fantasy Corner is, of course, brought to you by the Dynasty Trade Calculator. Now, the Dynasty Trade Calculator is one of the absolute best resources available to you online. If you are interested in Dynasty Keeper or any kind of long-term fantasy football. And why is it one of the best resources you can find? You can find incredible trade evaluations, podcasts, player rankings. It does not matter the way that your league is configured. Say you're doing a super flex league that has a tight end premium and a running back point per carry. The Dynasty Trade Calculator has got you covered across the board. Player rankings, trade evaluations. Again, some incredible experts that are available to you on the Dynasty Trade Calculator. And for as little as $3.00. You can gain access to this incredible tool that has helped me win long-term fantasy football championships in the past. Check out my affiliate link, which is down in the description below to this stream and to this video, and you can get access to the Dynasty Trade Calculator, like I said, for as little as $3. Now, in the Professionals Dynasty Fantasy Football, once again, I'm not doing the Dynasty Trade Calculator any justice here. I dropped that matchup against Mitch from last week, which I was the projected favorite in that matchup. So Mitch upset me, and it moved me to 0-3 to start the season. I'm in an absolute tailspin in that league. It is not looking good. However, in the Anti and Co. Dynasty, which was a startup dynasty, I held on for the win against Rachel. I'm now 2-1 and one on the season, back-to-back wins after starting the season 0-1. I have week four matchups against Tim and Tensa in those two leagues, respectively. It's a projected win for me over Tim, which would uh, be potentially like it might be season saving at this point. Like they're running out of runway here to start stringing some wins together in fantasy. So I got to get that win over Tim next week. I'm a projected underdog against Tensa, but I'm trying to, I can't remember whether Tensa won or lost last week. So I am a projected underdog there. Obviously tons of work to do between now and then. So we got matchups with Tim and Tensa looking forward to those. And I'll take this opportunity, as I always do, to remind you that if you go to the description of this live stream, of the video on YouTube, or the podcast, wherever you encounter this show, you're going to find all of my results from last week, all of my straight up against the spread and over under plays for week four in the NFL. 
You're going to find information on joining the Bridgewater's Finest Pick'em Pool, Season 11 of that Pick'em Pool, with confidence points as always. You're going to find that information down there. You're going to find information on joining the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page, where we talk football all week long. Really enjoy the community that we've got there. And you're going to find information on my great friends and sponsors right here at NerdTees. Now, NerdTees.ca is where you need to go if you want to get dozens and dozens of incredible loose-leaf tea blends and accessories. Anything that this hard-to-buy-for folks on your Christmas lists could desire, you can find it at NerdTees.ca. And you're going to want to use my promo code, which is BWFINEST. That's going to save you 15% at checkout. You're also going to get free shipping in Canada on any order over 100 bucks, which is a great value. For my American viewers and listeners, you're also going to get a great conversion rate on the U.S. dollar. Now, today's blend is golden apple cinnamon. It is delicious. It is an absolute feast for the taste buds. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to have a little feast right now. You know, I'm still working out with this streaming thing. When I'm going to be talking for a long period of time without stopping, hydrate, 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 hydrate. NerdTease.ca is helping me out with that. So NerdTease.ca, promo code BWFINEST, save you 15%, get your free shipping, find yourself something to love, or find someone you love something to love. You can do it on NerdTease.ca. So we're going to take a quick peek into the chat here. Uh, LA Bunny, is anyone else buffering? Um... I'm not sure uh, I can, we'll, we'll throw that out to the chat. I don't know if anybody else is, uh, is having uh, uh, any buffering issues. It might be your individual connection. I'm, I'm hardwired here, so I, I'm not having any issues on my end. Um, if it is you, you might just want to maybe restart um, or just refresh your browser. Maybe that could be a possibility. In the interim, what we're going to do is we are going to go ahead and kick things off with the week four picks. Bring over my trusty handy dandy uh, green uh, journal here. Seems okay now. All right. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. If you start getting into the buffering things once again, like I say, maybe refresh the stream, refresh the browser. Um, just a couple little things you like that that you can do. Maybe hope again. I've, Nothing against you. Hopefully it's on your end. If it's on my end, it's a much larger problem for me. But if it, here we go. We're going to kick things off. Week four picks. Dive into it right now with the Thursday night game. The Miami Dolphins traveling to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. I saw earlier today the Bengals are going to be wearing their white Bengal Tiger uh, jerseys. The, the alternate colors. That looks friggin' sharp. Those jerseys look so damn good. I can't wait to see how they look there. Those look fantastic. I can't wait to watch a full game uh, with uh, with them wearing those jerseys. That looks. If I was going to buy a Bengals jersey, absolutely that would be the variant cover that I'd be going with. The Miami Dolphins, one of only two undefeated teams left in the NFL through three weeks, obviously winners of three straight. This is a battle of two teams who are both boasting top 10 scoring offenses in this early NFL season, both inside the top 10. The Bengals also kind of riding a top 10 scoring defense. Their defense has played very well in terms of, at the very least, limiting their opponent's scoring opportunities through the first three weeks. I love this matchup. I love starting a week with a matchup like this because this is really going to be one of the litmus tests, right? It's a litmus test for both teams. It's a litmus test for the Bengals 
to find out if they finally fixed kind of what ailed them in the first couple of weeks. And it's a litmus test for the Dolphins, too. Is this Dolphins team really as good as what we've seen through the first few weeks? Or was it really a fluke? I was kind of a doubter for the first couple of weeks with the Dolphins. That team just kind of keeps playing, you know, pretty good football, but punt um, excluded from that, I suppose. I'm going to lean on the Bengals here. I'm going to take Cincinnati mostly because it's at home. I think in two fairly well-matched teams, which I believe these two teams are, I'm kind of deferring to the home side on this one, even though home teams have not had a ton of success in this early season. We're going to lean on the home side here. I'm going to grab the Bengals at home to get the win over Miami. On the line, Cincinnati's laying three and a half points here as the home favorite. I'm not going to buy the hook here. I'm actually going to hedge. It's not a great hedge because it's only three and a half points, but I am going to hedge my bets here and I'm going to grab the Dolphins plus the three and a half. Martin makes a good point in the chat. Depends on Tua's condition. It's true. I don't think he practiced yesterday. Uh, I don't know anything about today, but I don't think he practiced yesterday based on like a knee and his back. I have to assume he's probably going to be okay to go, even though it is on relatively short notice. Looks like Joe Mixon is going to be good to go for Cincinnati. So I'm going to take the Bengals to win, but I'm going to hedge my bets and grab the plus three and a half on Miami. Total in the game set at 47 and a half points. I love this over just because, like I said, two of the top 10 scoring offenses in the NFL. And I love this over so much so that over 47 and a half points in Miami, Cincinnati, we're starting this episode off hot, is going to be my silver pick on my totals for week four. So silver pick on the totals, Miami and Cincinnati over 47 and a half points. I'm actually just now realizing I didn't put in uh, final scores, which is really going to bug Martin if I don't give out some final scores here. So I'm going to take a very brief pause, a pause that'll be exceptionally brief for the podcast listeners, but give me like two minutes here. You're going to watch me in real time go through and do these final scores because, again, I... uh, Ah, sorry about that, Martin. I really, I do that mostly for Martin's benefit because I know he loves that, but it is a part of my show that I enjoy. So for the live stream viewers, please excuse for a couple of minutes while I throw some scores together here. What I will give you this, I'm going to go Cincinnati 27, Miami 24. So again, we're going to go over the 47 and a half point total. I'm taking the three and a half points on Miami, but I'll take Cincinnati to get the win. So 27-24 Cincinnati is the final score that we'll give you there. Uh, Let's see. Let's go in the chat while I'm working on this. You think the Bengals finally get it together? I do. Like, again, it's very, very, very difficult for me to um, expect the defending AFC champions to struggle as much as they have early in the season. And I think they're a better team than they have shown. So I'm definitely going to be leaning on uh, them to improve their performance starting this week. I mean, yes, they got it together last week, but again, take a peek at the competition. All right, let's do a couple more here and then we'll move on to a couple of games and I'll take another short pause. We'll get through this. uh, We'll get through this in chunks. Actually, you know what? That's good. So I got scores for the first couple of games. We'll take another pause in a few minutes and we'll get through and we'll get those scores in. 
Let's move on to Minnesota and New Orleans. Now, this game is on neutral territory. Both of these teams are taking the trip over to England. This is being played at the stadium of the Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, New Orleans is considered the home team in this game, but of course, neutral field. New Orleans losers of back-to-back games now and boasting one of the bottom 10 scoring offenses in the NFL so far this season. Uh, Minnesota's been kind of middle of the pack in both senses. They're a middle of the pack scoring offense. They're a middle of the pack scoring defense. So they're not exceptional on either side. Obviously they have, you know, exceptional pieces on that team, but just the overall results, I can't say have been exceptional on either side. New Orleans, I'm considering this back-to-back, the tail end of back-to-back road games for New Orleans because, yes, even though they're being considered the home side, it's not on their home field. It's not in New Orleans. They're not in their own homes. It's a road game for both teams here. So I am going to consider this the tail end of back-to-back roadies for the Saints. Minnesota is potentially dealing with not having Dalvin Cook for this game. And it's it's kind of, it's 50-50 like Cook himself. Like, I think he's 50-50 to play. Kind of has a separated shoulder and a, a tear in his labrum, I think, isn't it? And they're basically just going to wrap it up and let him play through it, which is terrifying to me if I'm a Vikings fan because that's your franchise running back and you're kind of playing fast and loose with, you know, his shoulder, which is kind of important for running backs. In saying that, even if Dalvin Cook is limited, Alexander Madison is more than capable as the number two running back on that team to take over and have a monster game. So is it a is it a loss if Dalvin Cook's not at 100%? Absolutely. Is it a massive one? I'm not exactly um I'm not exactly on that level. And I really haven't liked what I've seen from the Saints on the offensive side. That defense is still good. That defense can play some ball. But that offense has got to move the ball and score points, man. And I'm just not seeing it. And I I understand that obviously Jameis Winston is dealing with what Jameis Winston is dealing with. And I'm sure he's still in quite a bit of pain. But as long as that's the case, and as long as that offense is limited, it's tough for me to go with them, especially against a team that I think is pretty good. So we're going to go ahead and grab the Minnesota Vikings here uh, at Tottenham on a neutral ground. Let's take Minnesota to beat New Orleans. Uh, on the line, the Saints are taking two and a half points here as the quote-unquote home underdog. I like Minnesota to win. It's a small price to pay. I'm going to go ahead and lay the two and a half points on the Vikings. So much so that Minnesota minus two and a half is my gold pick this week against the spread. Minnesota minus 2.5, my gold pick against the spread. Total in the game set at 43 and a half points. I do think the defense has come to play in this one. Again, especially New Orleans. I think that defense is very good. I don't expect a lot of points to be scored here. You got a whole time change. You got a whole adjustment to that entire, everything that comes along with playing a game over in the UK. Let's stick on the under on this one. We're going to go under 43 and a half points in Minnesota, New Orleans. Let's go Minnesota 17, New Orleans 10. So Vikings 17, uh, Saints 10, Vikings cover minus two and a half on their way to the straight up win. Uh, let's see. Martin, that was my same reasoning with Justin Herbert last Sunday, the lingering injury. Uh, absolutely. Uh, Chargers are dumb for playing Justin Herbert. They should let him heal first. I completely agree. 
100%. If it, look, you know what? If it was not the entire future of your franchise, then I'd say, okay, if you want to risk it, then risk it. It's your team. But man, like he's not only the future of that franchise, he's one of the futures of the entire league. Like Justin Herbert could be the Aaron Rodgers to Patrick Mahomes' Tom Brady or Josh Allen's Tom Brady or what have you. You know what I mean? Like this is, this is, these are the elite all world quarterbacks of the next 10 to 15 years. I don't think you screw with that. I think you play that as safely as humanly possible. So I a hundred percent agree. The chargers were very dumb. I would say for letting him play in the condition that he did. I would rather him sit for two or three weeks and come back at 95%. Like it's just, I don't know. It didn't, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. We're going to take a quick pause here and toss up a few more scores. Alvin Kamara was horrible last week. Look, I am, I am a three team fantasy football manager of Alvin Kamara. I feel your pain. (laughs) I feel your pain in a big, bad way. Again, the podcast listeners will not get to hear these uh, these just blank spaces in the uh, in the audio recording. Let's go to Atlanta now. The Cleveland Browns are in town to play uh, the Atlanta Falcons, and um, the story of two actually pretty mirror pretty mirror franchises so far this season. Now the Browns do have the benefit of coming into this game on the long week, having played on Thursday uh, last week. Atlanta is, uh, again, Atlanta and Cleveland are kind of the same here. They're both top 10 total scoring offenses. They're both bottom 10 scoring defenses. And you wouldn't really expect that out of the Cleveland Browns, but both of these teams have been giving up points plentifully. Neither of them are in the bottom five, but both are in the bottom 10. Now we are dealing with an injury question mark here, and that is comes with the Cleveland Browns, and it's Miles Garrett and that uh, motor vehicle incident that uh, he was in, I guess, rolled his vehicle multiple times. Uh, we're starting to see some pictures come out from that. And it's, to me, it's just, it's a question mark about whether he's going to play or not, whether he'll be ready to play or not. Physically, psychologically, everything, you have an incident like that, and it's not the easiest thing in the world to um, to come back from. So he may play this week, he may not. If he doesn't, that's a big hit to that Browns pass rush, and that can only spell good things for what has been a fairly decent offense so far for the Atlanta Falcons, at least in terms of points on the board. And, uh, you know, I think I kind of like this for my first upset this week. Why don't we grab that? Let's grab the Atlanta Falcons at home against Cleveland. Let's take the Falcons here straight up. Atlanta gets the win over Cleveland. Uh, now, on the line, Atlanta's taking a point and a half here as the uh, home dog. So, obviously, I like him to win. So, I'm going to go ahead and take the point and a half. A total in the game set at 49 and a half points. And, again, based on the fact that this is two pretty good scoring offenses and not very good scoring defenses, I'm going to grab the over in this one. I don't think it's going to be a super popular play. But let's grab over 49 and a half points in Atlanta, Cleveland. Let's go Falcons 30 Browns 24, Atlanta gets the win on home field. LA Bunny, Drake London is hot. You better believe it. That that kid is going to be big in this league. It's it's tough to draw comparables to him, 
but I he's going to be a big thing. And once they can actually figure out how to um, incorporate Kyle Pitts into their offense, that offense is going to be scary. Gorian, how you doing, my friend? Colts, Eagles, Packers, Moneyline. Yes, you you hit me on Twitter with that parlay a couple days ago. What was it? 20 pays 41. We enjoy that one for sure. Martin, I like the Falcons playing pretty well on the West Coast the last two weeks. I think this is a slightly better team than some people uh, seem to think that it is. Now, there's still problems. There's still plenty of problems for that Falcons team, but I think they're slightly better than people are giving them credit for. Uh, let's go ahead here and uh, grab a couple more, uh, toss on a couple more final scores. Gorian, since you're just joining us late, uh, I didn't write down any final scores, so I'm taking some periodic pauses after each game to go through and uh, get some final scores in, or else I'm scared I'm going to get an angry, uh, angry written letter from Martin. <laughs> Let's go to Dallas now for an NFC East matchup. The Cowboys going to play host to the Washington Commanders. Washington, losers of two straight games. Dallas now winners of two straight games. So these two teams going in opposite directions here. Dallas coming up with that win on Monday Night Football. Relatively convincing, at least in the second half. There was a point in that game where they just kind of took over and you just sort of knew that the Giants weren't coming back at any point. So Dallas has looked better than I think most people expected them to look with Cooper Rush. I think the conversations about Cooper Rush taking Dak Prescott's job are probably just some sports talk show fodder. Like I, I don't think that's something that's, that's realistic, but it makes for a fun topic of conversation. And he hasn't been terrible. He's gotten the results, obviously, Dallas winners of two straight games. They're still a bottom five scoring offense in the league. Now, on the plus side, they're playing a bottom five scoring defense in the league in the Washington Commanders who just allowed their quarterback to be absolutely eaten alive last week. How many times did Wentz get sacked? Like 106 or something? Like It's just like every time I, fl- I flipped by that game, he was on the ground. So if they can't protect the quarterback... It's awfully tough for them to score points, and it's tough to score points on a Dallas Cowboys defense that is a top 10 scoring defense so far in the season. And what we saw in that game uh, on Monday night last night was Dallas's pass rush getting home and getting home more frequently and more comfortable at the line of scrimmage. If that's the case, I just don't see a path here for Washington to pick up the win. So we're going to go ahead and grab Dallas here at home. I think it's a good spot for them. Let's grab the Cowboys at home to beat Washington. And I'm so confident in that, that the Dallas Cowboys beating the Washington Commanders is my silver pick straight up in week four. Dallas over Washington is the silver pick. I don't love putting division games in here, but this one I feel pretty confident about. Uh, Let's see. On the line, Dallas only laying three and a half points here as a home favorite. I expected this line to be bigger. It has grown a little bit because it was minus three last night. So I say before this number gets any bigger, I think you go ahead and lay those points. I certainly will be on Dallas laying minus 3.5. So we're going to go back here. Uh, Total in the Washington-Dallas game, 42 and a half points. It's gone up a little bit, uh, but I'm actually going to grab the under here. I don't see a ton of points 
being scored in this game. I don't think Dallas is an offensive powerhouse. I don't know how many points we're realistically going to get out of Washington. So we're going to stick under here, under 42.5 points. So much so that under 42.5 points in Washington-Dallas is my bronze pick on my totals this week. Washington and Dallas under 42.5 points. Let's go Cowboys 21, Commanders 10. Dallas gets the win. Dallas covers the minus 3.5. And the total stays under. Again, that's that's just like, Gorian, you, you weren't here right from the beginning, but I said, like, we've gone four streams now without me getting a phone call while I'm streaming. And I'm like, you just watch, it'll happen. And uh, 2022 still has a landline. Come on now. I'm, I'm Canadian. I'm a little behind the times. I only got electricity, like, last month. Um, <laughs> but, like, I said, I was like, I bet you I get a phone call. And lo and behold, we get less than four games in. And uh, we get the we get the phone call that I expected. Now I wonder if we'll get another one. Stay safe from the crazy weather. Yeah, I am in Nova Scotia, Gory, and yeah, we we just had um, Hurricane Fiona come through um, over the weekend, so I I wasn't badly impacted by it. I lost internet for like ten minutes, like I mentioned earlier in the stream. Um, but honestly, for me, it really wasn't that bad. Uh, there are other people in the province that got it worse than I did or still waiting for their electricity to come back on. But for me personally, I, I, I didn't get hit with it that hard. So I, I'm, I'm very, knock on wood, I'm very fortunate about that. Matthew, who was in the chat earlier, um, they're preparing for the hurricane that's about to hit Florida. And he said he was listening to this while he was putting up, uh, putting up hurricane shutters. So, uh, we definitely have, uh, definitely have, uh, folks that are less fortunate than, uh, than I was through that whole thing. All right, let's go to uh, the Seattle Seahawks traveling to Detroit to take on the Detroit Lions. So uh, Seattle, uh, bottom five scoring offense in the NFL so far this season, not just bottom 10, but bottom five. So this is a team that uh, has very, very, very struggled to score early on in the season. Meanwhile, you look at the Detroit Lions, Detroit is just reeling off offensive performance after offensive performance here in the early season. They're they're the definition of a glass cannon because they're scoring a ton of points and they're giving up a ton of points. But uh, there are pieces on that Lions defense. Like they're they're building something there in Detroit on the defensive side of the ball. And I think the offense is certainly there for them. Uh, Seahawks come into this game losers of two straight after opening the season with a win. Now, what I will say on the Detroit side of things is it doesn't look like DeAndre Swift is going to play in this game. And that is definitely a hit to the Detroit Lions on the offensive side. How could it not be? He's probably one of the eight to 10 best running backs in football. And that might be underselling him. What I will say is this, him not playing opens up a larger opportunity for Jamal Williams. I got to watch Jamal Williams for a number of years being a, a Packers fan, right? And that guy's just got a nose for scoring touchdowns. Like he's got a talent for finding the end zone. If Jamal Williams can put multiple touchdowns on the board, not only is Detroit going to win this game, I think they're going to cover the number. So even though one of the better running backs in the NFL is probably not going to play, and in fact might not play again until week seven, I think Detroit offensively is going to be just fine because they've got a guy in Jamal Williams who can do most, if not all, of the same things out of the backfield. So offensively, I think they're going to be just fine in that sense. 
Got to take Detroit here. I like the Lions at home. Another win from Motor City, Dan Campbell. You got to love it. Let's take Detroit to beat Seattle. On the line, Detroit's laying four and a half points here as a home favorite. It still feels weird to say. like Not just them being a favorite, but laying four and a half. That's a fairly big number for the Lions to lay. And I'm going to go ahead and lay the points with them. Like I said, if Jamal Williams can find multiple scores in this game, I think Detroit covers this number. So we're going to lay the four and a half on the Lions. Total in the game set at an even 50. I have to stick under on this because I don't know what the offensive upside of the Seattle Seahawks is right now. We're going to stay under 50 points in Detroit, Seattle. Let's go Lions 24, Seahawks 14, Lions win, Lions cover under the total. Martin goes Lions all day. Martin, you're like low-key becoming a Lions fan here. It feels like you're every week you're in the chat like dapping up the Lions. I kind of enjoy it. All right, let's throw a couple more final scores on there. All right, only got three more, so we'll uh, we'll finish these up before we uh, before we move forward. So we got our final scores kicked in here. I don't think I screwed anything up. I'm sure Martin will correct me on my math if I have uh, made any mistakes. So Martin, I'm going to need you to be extra diligent from here on out. All right, Tennessee in Indianapolis to take on the Colts. Battle of the AFC South. Uh, Tennessee, one of the bottom five scoring defenses so far here in the early part of the season. Teams are scoring on them uh, very, very, very consistently. Indianapolis, bottom five scoring offense. Now, look, they did pick it up and get the win last week. That was a big win for that Colts team. Uh, Obviously not expected. (laughs) We'll put it that way. I don't think uh, most... uh, It's very tough to tell what this Colts team actually is. Because we came into the season thinking they were one thing, and they're not necessarily still that, at least performance-wise. But look, they got the win. They don't ask how, they ask how many. So they got the win last week, which was good. Uh, Again, Titans, bottom five total scoring off, or total scoring defense. The scoring offense has been middling. To me, neither one of these teams are easy to trust. Uh, on the offensive side or uh, from the defensive side. Yeah, the lowest of lows one week to the highest of highs. Exactly. Like just to, it's been such a peak and valley. It's been such a roller coaster ride for them. It's tough to really nail down exactly what that team is. So this is one of those games that I was fairly confident I was going to hedge on one way or the other. So this is the way I'm going to go with this one. I am going to take the Colts to win because the game is in Indianapolis. Now, I will say this is a very popular Titans pick, whether it's Titans outright or it's Titans against the spread. So I am going to take the Colts to win because it's in their barn, but I am going to hedge my bets and I am going to take Tennessee plus the three and a half points against the spread. I'm just not going to buy that extra hook. In this matchup, I think the teams are too evenly matched. They know each other too well. This is the kind of game that Tennessee can easily come up and win outright. And in the event that that happens, I at least want a little piece of it. So we're going to go ahead, grab the Colts straight up, but take the three and a half points on the Titans. Total in the game set at 43, and I just don't see this as a high-scoring game one way or the other. I don't think the Colts mystically figure out their offense in one week, so we're going to stick under the 43 points. Let's go 17-14 Indianapolis. Colts win 
Titans cover, game stays under the points. Uh, let's see. What do we have? Uh, Martin, Colts, we have highest, lowest of lows to highest of highs. Uh, Gorian, Reich is a horrible head coach. Like, I still believe he's like the quarterback whisperer, but I don't necessarily know that the quarterback whisperer automatically translates into being a great head coach. You know what I mean? Like, I think those are that Venn diagram. There might not necessarily be a ton of crossover between those two. You know what I mean? So uh, as a quarterback's coach, I think he'd be fantastic, but head coach, you might be right. All right. We're going to pick up the pace here because of the couple of breaks that we've had to take Chicago in New York, taking on the giants. Now the, uh, Giants did get some bad news injury-wise. Um, Sterling Shepard, I think, tore, did he tear his ACL? Was that what happened? He's done for the season now. Uh, good opportunity in your fantasy leagues, potentially, to take a flyer on a guy like Kadarius Tony. He's going to be asked to do a lot more uh, on the offensive side now for the Giants. And on the offensive side for the Giants, they didn't exactly get a ton of it in that game on Monday night. They're going to come into this game on the short week, having again just played last night. What do we say? The offense is kind of middling. The defense is decent. Uh, They're actually a top 10 scoring defense so far this season. I don't know how much longer they stay there, but the defense has been decent to this point. Chicago, a middling team, both offensively and defensively, but kind of like we talked about with Minnesota, uh, David Montgomery, Uh, for Chicago is dealing with an injury. He may not play. He may be dealing with a multi-week injury as a matter of fact, but this is another one of those situations where they got a guy behind him who, after he went out of that game last week, Khalil Herbert came into the game and looked like Emmett Smith. Like he came into the game and played incredible football. So even if David Montgomery doesn't play, is it necessarily crippling in the end of the world? I can't say so because very clearly they've got a guy back there who can shoulder a larger load than he's been asked to. David Montgomery is like the hard luck Brian of of NFL running backs. I don't think there's ever been a point, and this is kind of salacious to say, I don't think there's ever been a point where David Montgomery has been the most valuable running back on his own team. Just going to let that one settle with the uh, with the dais here for a minute. Back when it was David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen, I think Tariq Cohen was the more valuable back. I think Herbert's the more valuable back. I really do. And again, it's tough because I got nothing against David Montgomery. I really don't. So there it is. I'm taking the Bears in this one. They're the the road dog in this one. They're taking a number of points that I think you hedge on this number one way or the other. I think Chicago wins this game outright. I think there's more upside in that Bears offense than there is in the Giants offense. So we're going to go ahead and take Chicago in the upset in New York. The Bears beat the Giants. Hashtag Bear Down. So Giants are laying three and a half points here as a home favorite. I like Chicago to win. Give me the three and a half points. And I think no matter which way you go, you, you can't buy that extra hook. You, you can't buy the extra hook on the Giants. It's That's just not, that's not the play to make. So definitely plus three and a half here, no matter which way you're going. If this thing dips under three and you really like the Giants, then okay, it's a small price to pay, lay the points. But while you still got to buy that extra hook, no chance, no chance whatsoever. Total in this game set at 39 points. I do think this total goes over 
Uh, not by a ton, but man, it's 39. It's just such a beatable number. So we're going to go ahead and go over the 39 points in Chicago, New York. Let's go Bears 23, Giants 21. Chicago gets the win outright. Take the points. Total goes over. Moving right along here, Jacksonville and Philadelphia. Who would have thought at the beginning of the season that you'd look at this and go, wow, what a marquee matchup. Jacksonville in Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. Philly, the other undefeated team left in the NFL so far from the beginning of this season. Winners of three straight games. Jacksonville has reeled off back-to-back wins here as well. And uh, look, the Jags might be for real. Maybe Doug Peterson's for real. Maybe Doug Peterson's the coach of the year. Maybe this is all smoke and mirrors. I'm kind of thinking that maybe this is smoke and mirrors. But what I will say is Trevor Lawrence has taken an exceptional step forward. He's playing football at a different level than he was playing just less than a year ago. Like he has taken that step forward and it's awesome to see. As somebody who likes Trevor Lawrence, it's awesome to see. I don't think Jacksonville is as good a team as they've shown in the results. I think they're overachieving, and I think they're due to kind of come back to the mean here a little bit. They're a top 10 scoring offense right now. They're a top five scoring defense. That's not what this Jacksonville Jaguars team is. A top 10 scoring defense? I'm sorry. Like, it's not... it That that I don't believe. That That is going to come back down to earth. Meanwhile, the Eagles, a top five scoring offense, it is very difficult to stop Jalen Hurts right now. He's doing whatever he wants to do with the football, which is excellent. Also a top 10 scoring defense. So this Eagles team, they are absolutely for real at 3-0. Andrew Warren, what's up, Justin? I told you about Jacksonville and Doug Peterson before the season started. You can take that victory lap, Andrew. You 100% earned that victory lap. No question about it. I just think we're going to see a regression back to the mean coming up here in the next couple of weeks. You owe me a beer. Remember that. I do. I do owe you a beer. 100% I owe you a beer. Put that in stone and that will happen before one of us dies. The Jags here are on the tail end of back-to-back road games. And again, I just think the regression to the mean begins this week. And I think it begins with the Eagles uh, coming away with a victory here. Let's take Philadelphia at home to get the win over Jacksonville, so much so that the Philadelphia Eagles over the Jacksonville Jaguars is my gold pick straight up. Philadelphia over Jacksonville, my gold pick straight up. I got the Eagles moving to 4-0 and and consequently being the league's last undefeated team. On the line, the Eagles are laying minus 6.5. It's under a touchdown. I have to lay the points. Because again, I don't think the Jags are what they've shown so far this year. I'm, I am I reserve the right to be wrong about this. I don't think they're what we've seen in these first three weeks. I just don't. So I'm going to lay the six and a half points here on the Eagles. Philly minus six and a half. Total in the game set at 48 and a half points. I don't think this flies over, but I do think it just barely gets there. We're going to go over 48 and a half points. It's just difficult to keep Jalen Hurts from scoring points right now. So over 48 and a half points in Philadelphia, Jacksonville. Let's go Eagles 28, Jags 21. Eagles get the win. Eagles cover the number. Total goes over. Andrew chiming in. I may disagree on the Jags and Eagles game. I think they're for real. This week... This week, you know how I said with the very first game of this 
what we talked about Cincinnati and Miami. That was a litmus test for both teams. This is a litmus test, certainly for the Jags, but really for both of these teams. Are the Eagles as good as they've shown in the first three weeks? Are the Jags as good as they've shown in the first three weeks? After this game, we're going to know the answer to those questions. All right, very quickly, we got the New York Jets in Pittsburgh taking on the Steelers. Uh, Pittsburgh has the benefit of the long week here, having played on Thursday. The Steelers are losers of two straight games coming into this one. Uh, They are kind of middle of the road. The offense has been a little less than average. The defense has been right around average um, so far this season. Uh, The Jets have a bottom 10 scoring defense. No shock there. The offense has been kind of middling. Joe Flacco can move the ball. Uh, We may see Zach Wilson back this week, or he's certainly getting closer to making a return. I don't think this is a matchup of two particularly great teams. So I'm going to do what I did with Indianapolis and Tennessee, actually. I'm going to take the Steelers, who are at home and are the favorites. I'm going to take the Steelers to win this game. But I'm actually going to hedge my bets on this one, and I'm going to grab the Jets plus the three and a half points because I genuinely feel the Jets could win this game outright. I I definitely think that New York has more than a puncher's chance to win this football game. So we're going to take the Steelers straight up, but I am going to take the plus 3.5 with the New York Jets. Total in the game is set at 40 and a half points. I don't see anything special from either one of these offenses, and I think I got to stick under on it, even though this is an exceptionally beatable number. We're going to go under 40 and a half points in Pittsburgh, New York. Let's go Steelers 20, Jets 17. So very close game. Pittsburgh gets the win, but take the three and a half points with the Jets and under on the point total. Uh, Andrew, I think Pittsburgh are a better team than the Jets. I agree with that. I definitely agree with that, but you just hit the nail on the head. Pittsburgh should put in Kenny Pickett. This Steelers team, I don't think, is going to take that next step forward until they're ready to play Kenny Pickett. I thought they should have played Kenny Pickett last week. I don't think they're going to take that step forward until Kenny Pickett knows he's the starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Once he's in there and once he knows that, then I think they built towards taking that step forward. Until that point, I just don't see it, at least on their offensive side. I do think it's good enough to beat the Jets this week, but I am going to take the points. All right, marquee matchup of this week. The Buffalo Bills in Baltimore taking on the Ravens. So this is a battle of two of the top five scoring offenses in the NFL through the first three weeks are Buffalo and Baltimore. Obviously, lighting up scoreboards. Josh Allen versus Lamar Jackson. There are very few quarterback matchups in this league that are better or more exciting than Josh Allen versus Lamar Jackson. We understand that Baltimore's defense is beatable. They've been beatable all season long. You can get them. Buffalo has had an exceptionally good defense all season, but now they're hurt. We will probably see Jordan Poyer back in this game. Micah Hyde's done for the season with that neck injury. That is a huge blow to that Bills secondary. And all of a sudden, you can kind of get Buffalo. You can get Buffalo defensively. I think a lot of Buffalo's games the rest of the season are going to be shootouts. And this has that potential to be that shootout. 
Yeah, see, we're getting we're getting messages in the chat now because this is the marquee game of this week. Absolutely, I love it. Micah Hyde done for the season with that neck injury. Baltimore is relatively healthy. They're not fully healthy, but they're relatively healthy. This is going to be a real, a super, super exciting game. Baltimore is a home dog, man. You give me the Ravens with the points and there's a hook. I got to take Baltimore. I think I'm going to take Baltimore to win this game outright. Lamar Jackson is playing career level football. We all know how good Josh Allen is. And that Bills defense can be good. But right now they're susceptible. I think Baltimore is getting them at the perfect time. So we're going to take the Ravens here to win this game outright. Baltimore picks up the win at home. Baltimore is a difficult place to win in. Baltimore gets the win over Buffalo straight up. So obviously on the line where uh, Buffalo's laying three and a half points here is the road favorite. I like Baltimore to win. Give me the plus three and a half. And I'd be tempted to hedge my bets on this one one way or the other. Buying that extra hook with two of the best teams in the AFC. I don't love it. So we're going to take the plus 3.5 on Baltimore. Total in the game is set at 51 and a half points. And I like the over in this one. I think there's going to be fireworks between these two incredible quarterbacks. So much so that as a matter of fact, Baltimore plus the three and a half is my silver pick against the spread this week. Baltimore taking plus 3.5 silver pick. And Buffalo and Baltimore to go over 51 and a half points is my platinum pick on my totals this week. Buffalo and Baltimore over 51 and a half points. That's the platinum pick on the totals. Let's go. Baltimore 31, Buffalo 30. Absolute shootout stuff of legends. Baltimore gets the win. So here we go. Uh, like I say, the chat kind of lit up and we started talking about this game. Uh, looking forward to Buff, uh, Buffalo Baltimore. This is from Martin. Uh, on the fence, who to take right now? I totally get it. I There's great arguments to go either way in this game. Uh, boy, you just, you, you give me Baltimore plus points plus money at home. Very tough for me not to bite on that. Uh, Gorian, this should be the Sunday night game. I, I completely agree. This should be a marquee game. This should be the marquee game of the week. The NFL maybe might want to look into being a little more liberal with how they flex games. Like a willingness to look at this and be like, this is the game of the week. Like, let's flex this. Let's flex it to Sunday night. Even contemplate flexing it to Monday. I mean, you, you want your marquee games to be under the most eyes. So I 100% agree that this should be one of those marquee games. Andrew, if I were Buffalo, I'd try to protect Josh Allen. Just ask Mac Jones last week. Yeah, 100%. When we talk about the Patriots, we'll talk about the, uh, the little mess that they find themselves in now. Baltimore has to pay Lamar Jackson that Deshaun Watson money already. Yeah, yeah, big time. It, it's tough to have more rushing yards than Deshaun Watson has... Um, accusations but uh Lamar Jackson has that and not only that he's making plays with his arm he's throwing the ball better than he has ever thrown the ball at the NFL level so that man deserves to be paid he deserves to be a top three to top five paid quarterback in the NFL and the fact that Baltimore is kind of playing chicken with the future of their franchise I don't you I mean best of luck to you but get that guy signed to an eight to 10 year deal, get him signed. Do you have to give him Mahomes money? 
I might be okay with that. Don't necessarily think he's as good as Mahomes, but to pay him Mahomes money, there's a possibility for that. The Chargers in Houston to take on the Texans. Two teams that are both coming into this game, losers of two consecutive and not really looking the greatest uh, on their way there, really for either of them. The Chargers, a bottom five scoring defense so far in the NFL this season. Houston, a bottom 10 scoring offense. Don't expect to see a ton of points. Spoilers, I'm under on the point total in this one. Look, I think Houston might be one of the worst teams in the league. I think they might be like in that bottom three to bottom five conversation, just in what I've seen so far this year. So I think they're in that conversation. If the Chargers can't turn their season around against that team, wrap it up. Like, what are are we doing here? We had the conversation earlier about Justin Herbert. You got to be able to beat teams like this. So obviously I'm on the Chargers here. I'm on the Chargers to win this game. It definitely doesn't help, doesn't help that Joey Bosa is not going to play in this game because of a groin injury. They've already ruled him out. Uh, Rashawn Slater on the offensive line, he tore his bicep. He's done for the year. Things are going from bad to worse here for these Chargers. This is their opportunity. If not now, when? So definitely have to grab the Chargers here on the road in Houston to pick up the win. So much so that the Chargers over the Texans is my bronze pick straight up this week. The Los Angeles Chargers over the Houston Texans, bronze pick straight up. Now on the line, Houston is taking five and a half points here as a home dog. I was very tempted to grab this number. I'm calling this my Chargers statement game. If they can't make it against Houston, they're not going to make it against very many teams. So let's lay the five and a half points on Los Angeles with the full understanding this is not a good lay. I don't necessarily advise you to follow my advice on this, but I'm going to lay the points. Total in the game set at 44 and a half. As I mentioned, I don't think we're going to see a metric ton of points in this game. We're going to stay under on this one, under 44 and a half in Houston, Los Angeles. Let's go Chargers 26, uh, Texans 16. So I think that gets us to what, 42? Yeah. So we stay under the 44 and a half point total. Chargers win, Chargers cover. Let's see, what do we have in the chat? Uh, Andrew Warren, Justin Herbert's my disappointment so far this year. I think he'll bounce back against Houston. I hope he's healthy enough to do so. Again, we had the conversation earlier that uh, it's crazy to me that he played, but uh, I, I have to believe that he, if he's healthy enough, he probably bounces back against the Texans. They have a very gettable defense, so I think Justin Herbert's going to be able to get him. Let's see, we got uh, five games left on the slate here. We're going to run through the next one awfully quickly. The Arizona Cardinals in Carolina taking on the Panthers. Both of these teams kind of middling so far this season. Arizona, however, bottom five scoring defense in the NFL this year. So they're giving up a ton of points are the Arizona Cardinals. Offenses for both of these teams kind of middling across the league. Carolina, a middling defense as well. Usually what I would do here is say that I would defer to the defensive side and take Carolina. Every time I do that, Carolina lays an egg. Every single time I do it, Carolina lays an egg. So we are going to go ahead and grab the Arizona Cardinals here in an upset play, marginal upset, but it's an upset play nonetheless. I'm going to grab Arizona here on the road in Carolina, not a divisional game, 
I think Arizona, top to bottom, is probably the better football team with the exception of the defense. And then Carolina's got a better defense. But I do think Arizona's the better team. Certainly have the better quarterback, I would say. I don't really trust what I've seen from Baker Mayfield so far. Let's take Arizona to get this win. Against the spread, uh, Carolina's taking two points here as a home favorite. So I am going to go ahead and uh, since I like Arizona to win, obviously we're going to be taking the two points on the cards. Total in the game set at 42 and a half. I do think this sneaks over. This is as much a play on the number as anything else. We're going to go over 42 and a half in Arizona, Carolina. Let's go Arizona 23, Carolina 20. So just sneaks over the point total. Arizona wins. Take Arizona with the plus two. Uh, Martin, Arizona's been playing teams with high-powered offenses. Vegas, Kansas City, and the Rams. That'll mess up a defense. It's a good point. It's an excellent point, in fact. So, you know, they get a team this week that has one high-powered offensive weapon, and that's Christian McCaffrey. No disrespect to DJ Moore. They're not using DJ Moore like a high-powered offensive weapon. So, you know, they've got one and potentially two. But I think Arizona can shut that down. I think their offense has a higher upside. So we're going to grab the cards. All right. New England at Lambeau Field. Patriots at Packers. Uh, the Packers now have reeled off two straight wins after dropping their season opening game, and they're kind of starting to look like that Packers team of old. I'm a little worried about the Jair Alexander injury. Uh, it was awesome to see Romeo Dobbs kind of have a little bit of a coming out party last week, scoring his first NFL touchdown. Aaron Rodgers is looking like Aaron Rodgers, and as the more time that goes by, the more confidence he's gaining in those wide receivers. You can see it in the play on the field, so it feels good, man, as a Packers fan. Now, you can't talk about the Patriots right now without talking about two things. Number one, they're a bottom 10 scoring offense in the league this year, and number two, they ain't going to have Mac Jones for a few weeks. Mac Jones out with an ankle injury. This is looking like a multi-week high ankle sprain. So what is the upside of that Patriots offense? I don't think it's very high, especially against a very good defense in Green Bay. Even if they don't have Jair, they still got Eric Stokes and Razul Douglas as their outside cornerbacks. They've got good safeties. They've got good linebackers. They've got a pretty decent defensive line. It's a good defense top to bottom. And I think they're going to be able to do whatever they want against that Patriots offense. Green Bay all day in this one. We're going to grab the Packers straight up at home to get their third straight win. Packers beat the Patriots so much so that the Green Bay Packers over the New England Patriots are my platinum pick straight up this week. Green Bay beats the Patriots for my platinum pick. Against the spread, Green Bay is laying 10 and a half points. Oof, this is one of the first, is this the first double digit spread that we've seen this year? Because we saw a few that were like minus nine and a half. I don't know if we've seen, have we seen any? It's, I, I, I'm not sure. This is a massive spread. And if Mac Jones was in the game, I, well, first of all, if, if Mac Jones was playing, the spread wouldn't be this. But let's say he was and the spread was, I, I'd be taking the points here for sure. I just don't know what that Patriots offensive upside is going to look like without Mac Jones, a quarterback. So we're going to go ahead and lay the 10 and a half points on the Green Bay Packers. I don't like laying double digit spreads. I will say that from the jump. I've been saying that 
for years, but I'm going to lay the 10 and a half on Green Bay because I don't know what I'm going to get from the other side. Uh, total in the game set at 40 and a half points. We're going to grab the over on this one just because it's such a beatable number. Another play on the number like the previous game. Over 40 and a half points in Green Bay, New England. Let's go Packers 30, Patriots 13. I'm going to give them a touchdown and I'm going to give them a few field goals, but I can't honestly give them too much else not knowing really what they're going to get from several key offensive positions. Uh, let's see. Uh, Andrew Warren, Justin Herbert's my disappointment so far this year. I mean, it's tough. You know, it's tough with him getting hurt. Uh, Justin, this is my last game. I'll hear have to get back to work. I think Cleveland's winning the Baker Mayfield trade so far. I think you could make that argument for sure. Uh, Martin, Arizona's, oh yeah, Arizona's been playing teams with high-powered offenses, which we mentioned. I lied. I want to hear Green Bay versus New England. My case, my Patriots should tank it, draft a wide receiver or a tight end. Got to head back to work. Andrew, thank you so much for stopping in and watching uh, the stream. And, uh, you know, maybe the Patriots should tank it. Maybe this is finally the year, uh, especially where you're going to be, like you say, without Mac Jones for multiple weeks. Um, maybe that's the time then to uh, kind of, you know, gear it back a little bit. It's a possibility for sure. Martin chiming in, Patriots defense got spanked by Lamar. This is very true. All right, three games left on the slate. Let's get going. The Denver Broncos in Vegas to take on the Raiders. Obviously, all is not well in Raiders land. Devontae Adams coming out saying he's angry and frustrated about their 0-3 start. Uh, the only winless team, I believe, uh, left in the NFL. Is that correct? Yes, in fact, it is. And yet, somehow, they're laying points in this game as the home favorites. Don't get that. Don't understand it. The Denver Broncos are 2-1 and one on the year. I've never seen a 2-1 team with more people calling for the coach to be fired. What is going on? What is the beginning of this season? It's nuts. The Broncos are 2-1. They have not looked good. They have not looked good for 12 quarters now. But they've come away with two wins. But everyone's saying Nathaniel Hackett can't hack it, but I'm bumping and needs to be fired. I can even get on board with that. I can get on board with them saying like, eh, maybe this whole Hackett experiment ain't going to work. I don't understand how that means that they're laying points or that, or that, the, that the Raiders should be laying points on the Broncos. Doesn't make any sense to me. I understand that this is Vegas saying, Hey, these two teams are basically perfectly evenly matched. So we're going to give three points to the home side. Like I understand what they're saying in that. I, I just don't see it. Like this Broncos defense is for real a top five scoring defense so far this year that defense is exceptionally good and for a Raiders team that's not scoring a ton of points so far this year and has a scoring defense that is in the bottom 10 in the NFL basically where I said they were going to be right from the jump that's their problem that's their Achilles heel is the defense that's really going to prevent them from I think going anywhere and doing anything I don't get it. I don't just don't get how the Raiders are two and a half point favorites here. We are definitely going to be on the Denver Broncos in this game. Um, they got to break out eventually. That offense is too good to stay this mediocre for this long. They're going to have a breakout game eventually. I think it comes in Las Vegas against the Raiders. So we're going to be grabbing Denver here straight up in an upset play, even though they're the better team. Let's take Denver. 
to beat the Raiders. So on the line, like I said, the Raiders laying two and a half points. I'm taking the plus two and a half on Denver. And I like it so much that Denver plus the two and a half points is my bronze pick against the spread this week. Denver plus 2.5, my bronze pick. Total in the game set at 45 and a half points, and this is actually going to be my gold pick on my totals this week. I like this game to stay under and under relatively comfortably by better than a field goal. Under 45 and a half points in Denver, Vegas. I just don't see a huge explosion of total points. So let's go under 45 and a half in Denver, Las Vegas. Like I said, under is my gold pick in this game on the totals. We're going to go uh, Denver 24, Las Vegas 17. Denver gets the win, obviously cover taking the points and under 45 and a half. Just two games remaining on the slate here. We're at about an hour and 20 minutes into the stream. Thank you so much for everyone here that has joined me live. Our final two games, the Kansas City Chiefs in Tampa Bay taking on Tom Brady and the Bucks. Now, this is a Tampa Bay team whose offense has not looked great the last couple of weeks. Obviously, last week they were without, I don't know, everybody. <laughs> like every receiver that they have, basically, and the offense struggled for it. But it goes beyond that. Tom Brady has not looked like Tom Brady at all this year. They are going to get Mike Evans back. There's a good chance that they're going to get Julio Jones back. So they are definitely going to get some weapons. It it increases the upside of that offense. But you want to talk about offenses with upside? It's probably the Kansas City Chiefs. And they're probably a little, uh, let's say, really, really pissed off. <laughs> about losing that game in Indianapolis in week three. I think they're going to take it out a little bit on this Tampa Bay Bucks team, but that Bucks defense is exceptionally good. Top five scoring offense in Kansas City versus top five scoring defense in Tampa Bay. Chiefs are coming into this one on the tail end of back-to-back -back road games, having again played that game in Indianapolis uh, last week, but I really like the Chiefs here. I think the Chiefs get right back on track. Go into Tampa Bay, get this win over Tom Brady. Let's take the Chiefs in Tampa Bay to beat the Bucks. Now on the line, the Bucks are only taking a point and a half here as a home dog. I like Kansas City to win. I love getting Kansas City minus a point and a half. So I I, I get it. Like I think I get where this number comes from, and it's not an easy number. But this is one of those uh, I mentioned it last week. This is one of those two and zero or zero and two games. You're either going to be perfect on this game, or you're going to lose both of them. Because a point and a half, you got to take it. You got to take it one way or the other. So like it's it's an zero and two or a two and zero. So we're hoping for a two and zero here. We're going to lay the point and a half on Kansas City. So much so that Kansas City. Minus 1.5 is my platinum pick against the spread this week. Really like Kansas City to get things going again. So Kansas City minus the point and a half. Total in the game set at 45 and a half points. It's just so difficult for me to stay under a point total in a game that includes Patrick Mahomes. So we're going to go ahead and take the over in this one. Over 45 and a half points in Kansas City, Tampa Bay. Let's go Kansas City 27, Tampa Bay 24. Uh, Chiefs win, Chiefs cover, and over the 45 and a half points. We go one game remaining on our slate, and it is the Los Angeles Rams on the tail end of back-to-back -back road games in San Francisco 
taking on Jimmy G and the Niners. So like I said, Rams on the tail end of back-to-back road games here. Rams winners of two straight games after that season opening uh, beatdown uh, at the hands of the Buffalo Bills. Rams have reeled off two straight. They're kind of starting to look like the Rams again, aren't they? Like, yeah, a little, little bit, a little bit. Now, on the Niners side of things, this is a bottom five scoring offense that's missing, I don't know, everybody except Debo. They're a top five scoring defense. That defense is exceptionally good. But the injury woes continue for Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers. This time it's Trent Williams at left tackle. He's got an ankle injury. I don't expect him to play probably for the next couple of weeks. And that is a massive blow to trying to protect Jimmy Garoppolo after you just lost your new starting quarterback for the whole year. Now they're down the left tackle. So this is just going from bad to worse for the Niners. And honestly, A, it's kind of like two games ago, the Niners are the favorites in this game, and I don't understand why. I don't understand how San Francisco could be laying two and a half points in this game. That's a weird early line that doesn't make sense to me. And as a matter of fact, I want to make sure that I didn't make a massive error in in taking that. So we're going to go to my handy-dandy... Um, lines resource and we're going to look all the way at the bottom yeah san francisco minus two and a half it's bizarre to me how they're laying points in this game it makes no sense i'm very heavily on the los angeles rams to keep their streak going and to kind of you know bury the niners a little bit worse maybe if not for the trent williams injury maybe i might have looked at the niners here but you're down your starting quarterback, you're down your starting running back, you're down your starting left tackle. Uh, is George Kittle playing? We don't really know. The jam's kind of done there until you get some of these people back, as far as I'm concerned. So we're heavily on the Rams. So obviously, since the Niners are laying two and a half points, going to take the two and a half points here with the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, total in the game set at 42 and a half. I kind of think the Rams defense comes to play here a little bit, especially if Jimmy G's got like almost no time because he's down his left tackle. And it's not just his left tackle. It's one of the best left tackles in football. I think we got to stick under this number. It's a very beatable number, but we're going to stay under on it. Let's go under 42 and a half points in Los Angeles, San Francisco. Let's go Rams 20, Niners 10. There you go, folks. Those are your picks for week four in the NFL. We're going to go over the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze plays for week four here you uh, here for you now. The straight up against the spread and over under plays. Straight up, my platinum pick, the Green Bay Packers over the New England Patriots. Gold pick, the Philadelphia Eagles over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Silver pick, the Dallas Cowboys over the Washington Commanders. And the bronze pick, the LA Chargers over over the Houston Texans. Against the spread, platinum pick, Kansas City Chiefs minus 1.5. Gold pick, Minnesota Vikings minus 2.5. Silver pick, Baltimore Ravens plus 3.5. And the bronze pick, Denver Broncos plus 2.5. And on the totals, platinum pick, Buffalo and Baltimore to go over 51.5 points. The gold pick, Denver and Las Vegas to go under 45 and a half points. Silver pick, Miami and Cincinnati to go over 47 and a half points. 
and the bronze pick Washington and Dallas to stay under 42 and a half points. That's it for the show here for week four, just ahead of the one hour and 30 minute mark, which is exactly where we want to be for these live streams. Once again, thank you so much, everybody, for coming out and checking out the live stream. I really, really heavily appreciate it. I think we got up to six or seven concurrents, which is fantastic here for the early part of the season. So I love it so much. I'm having a lot of fun doing these live streams. I think this was an excellent choice for the show this year. Overall viewership might not be what it was last year, but you know what? I'm having a bit more fun with the show this year, and that's the main thing. That's it for me, Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees, and my voice, which is now starting to fail me. Thank you so much for taking the time to watch. We will see you again for week five, and just a programming note, which I mentioned on Twitter yesterday, the week five live stream will be Monday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's not going to be on Tuesday. My schedule, unfortunately, will not permit it. But Monday evening, I believe that's October the 3rd at 6 p.m. Eastern. That's going to be the week five show. But enjoy the games in week four. We will see you again for week five. Thank you.